Okay. Welcome to SNC Podcast, episode 40. Yes. 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 Uh, we have Jeff Weber with us. Uh, he is the young adult graphic novelist creator of The Scientist. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for hosting me. Yeah. Um, so what's like the little pitch for The Scientist? The Scientist is uh, a great uh, sci-fi adventure uh, in the spirit of the Goonies, sort of a young ensemble adventure about a group of young prodigies who've been kidnapped from a national science fair and placed into this uh, dangerous experiment and they have to use their wits to try to escape. Cool. I saw it on Kickstarter, like, I think the last one was like March or whenever it was. And, um, yeah, it wrapped, it wrapped up uh, at the, uh, I think in, in um, mid-March. Yeah, and I don't know if I backed it or not, but I probably didn't have money at the time. Yeah, really just, wish I did. <laughs> just before the whole uh, uh, lockdown started, so I, I, I got in just before the, everything, the world shut down. Yeah, I, uh, there's, like, one guy that I follow, like, kind of a lot, Joe Ballin, but he's not on Facebook anymore, um, and he did his, uh, Kickstarter in March, I think, and yeah. it was for Fibber, and it, he, he, like, I think they canceled it, or they, like, just let it fail, because they knew they weren't gonna get the rest, like, it looks awesome, and the art is amazing, but they just didn't get funded, because, like, whole corona thing so yeah well it, it has had some impact on the the back end on the delivery side of things um yeah um because this this was my fourth um campaign and the first three i were all delivered like ahead of schedule actually and this one is actually now a couple months late beyond what i said it would be uh and it's mostly just been um, me having all these new stresses in my life that I didn't have before that have kind of distracted me from getting stuff done. Yeah. Getting get done. Yeah, like I, our Kickstarter last year for Seer Chronicles, not the before, you know, the original version. <laughs> and um, I think our estimated date was like, December maybe and like we didn't send I didn't send everything out until June because the international ones like when I went to the post office she's like it was like March or something when I like was able to get back to the post office and she's like oh yeah like the international ones are like this amount and I was like what and I only had to send like four but I thought that was a lot for just sending like four things Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, in total, it's, like, $150, and I was like, to send comic books somewhere? She's like, yep, and I was like, that's insane. And she's like, and they'll just sit in customs right now. I was like, okay, so I'll wait, and then I waited until June to send those, and I was like, that's, that's so stupid. And I was like, I'm sorry, guys, that, like, you're not getting them. Until, like, one person got, was in Finland, uh, Spain, 
Ireland and the UK. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that it took this long. Yeah. Um, I really want to get it out. I really want to have this close the close the book on this, get all the everything mailed out that needs to be mailed out and uh, everything printed that needs to be printed. Cause I got a lot of other things I would like to move on to, but you know, I got this responsibility to, to, to attend to first. Yeah. Um, um, so like how long of a series is it? Like five, five issues. Or it was, it was, four issues but each issue was like was like uh 40 to 50 pages long so uh it's it's a it's a good uh it's a good length book yeah that's awesome yeah like our new like re our remastered version of our first issue is around 40 pages which is insane because it used mm -hmm. to be like 25 so we added like way more detail because like Chuck, uh, can't say his last name. Um, Chuck Pinot? Yep. I can't say his last name. <laughs> like the wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he even said that like when he was on the podcast um, last year. He's like, ah, oh, it's just like the wine. And then I was like, I can't say it. I don't know why. And I'm like technically French and I can't, whatever. Um. So he helped us, like, oh, yeah, just put more detail here or whatever. Because I knew, like, I needed more detail. And my script at the time last year was more of a storyboard. So, like, I blame myself. And I blame, you know, kind of blame the artist for, one, like, there was a language barrier. So, like, I got that because he was in Brazil. So after that, I, I was like, well, now I'm going to, like, work with people that, you know, speak English so I can, like, talk to them way more. And now the new artist, like, I can talk to him all the time because he's in Ohio. So I was like, that's awesome. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do you do when you're, like, not creating comics? Um, well, I just started learning how to um, code. So I've been making a, making a video game. That's awesome. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about that. So, so yeah, I just, I just finished. Uh, well, it's not finished, but it's playable. Uh, a video game I just made this past week. So, is it on Unity or? Uh, I did it in uh, Scratch. I don't know if I heard of that, but that's... here I'll send you a link in the chat. Okay. One second. There you go. Okay. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> that reminds me of Gandalf. Yeah. And I, I, I was actually just messing around with it this morning, and uh, I, that gray wall in the middle is brand new, so I don't know if it works quite right. That might be a little glitchy. I was trying to add some barri barriers to it. Oh, shit. So. Okay, I'm not gonna not gonna play your game right now. <laughs> gonna, don't, yeah, don't play the video game in the middle of the interview. But. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can play it later and let me know what you think. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we're, yeah, we're actually coming out with our video game, which I can't wait for. But I am not like the, doing the coding or anything because I, I haven't learned that yet. Um, okay. Yeah, I've learned. I'm starting to learn like Blender because like our video game is like three like three D and uh, like an open world game. And my friend Scott from like like back in like high school or whatever, he knows how to use Unity and all that other stuff. And um, for our comics, we originally just wanted to like we have certain guidelines for certain things, and we wanted to. Um, just have like a map originally just the, like of the streets or whatever in the city and instead like he was building in unity and, and me and dylan were business partner we're like oh can't we just like make that into a video game he's like oh yeah and i was like okay <laughs> so we just like built upon that it's like i can't wait to release that <clears throat> yeah very cool uh, i had originally wanted to make this game um as like a Atari game or a Nintendo game and um, I was trying to teach myself like the the coding languages that those were uh, built in which is like pretty sophisticated and, and a lot, very highly technical and I realized I just didn't have the time or patience for that so I switched to something where it was a lot uh, simpler. This is sort of just more of a drag and drop kind of thing where you, you need to know like coding logic, but you don't need to know like the language. Oh. Yeah, maybe I'll figure that out at some point. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth playing around and you can, yeah. like they use it like to teach coding to kids and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like at work. Because I'm a security guard, so I don't do anything. And um, I like I just watch YouTube and I watch videos on how to like do things in Blender or Unity. And uh, I haven't really learned much about Unity. I tried making a game, like a platformer game in Unity, like really quick, but mm -hmm. I didn't make a way to like X out of the game, so I was stuck in the game. So I had to like get <laughs> out of the game by like Control Alt Delete to try to get out. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know how to do that yet. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I know that you're, like, into, like, NES games and Atari and stuff, and I've never played Atari, because I'm only 29, well, but I know of it. There's uh, some people that are born after Atari that sort of like to look into the past for their entertainment inspiration. Yeah. So, not everybody, most of the people who are into it are probably my age or older, but there are some people that are sort of exploring like what came before yeah yeah um like i like i like atari games just because i'm very busy i don't have a lot of time so i like a game that i can like play for like a minute and and then and then move on to something else anything yeah. like where you're having to spend like hours and hours exploring a world is just doesn't fit my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I got a switch for my birthday. Like, mm -hmm. my friend got it for me, and uh, which is expensive. And um, 
one of the games she got me was Breath of the Wild, and I'm addicted to that game. Um, I do have Twitch, and I do have Breath of the Wild, but I actually haven't played it. My kids have played. My kids have played it. Yeah. I think my my son said he beat it. Yeah, I could like go to the castle right now and like try to beat him, but like I, I want to like do the other stuff first. Just <laughs> I don't want it to end, even though like it won't end because I can still do the other stuff. But you know, all my kids are really into video game. Even my youngest, he's uh he's five. He and even he plays the Switch. Awesome. Yeah, like when I was a kid, well first system that I had was Nintendo Entertainment because I think it was my mom's mm-hmm. and uh, game I don't even can't even think of the game that I like probably Super Mario and Duck Hunt were like my favorite games on there and like I used, games. yeah and I used to like cheat with the gun just putting it up to the screen and just like mm-hmm. yeah do you have like a favorite like Nintendo Entertainment game or um, yeah, I have a few that I really liked. Um, I mean, the Super Mario ones are all great. Yeah. Some of the ones that are um, a little less famous that I'm into, there's one I like uh, called Battletoads, which has a reputation for being like one of the hardest games of all time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's like level three is like for like your average person is like the farthest they ever get in the game. Jeez. It's like a level where you're on this uh, sort of like a speeder bike and you're just like trying to dodge these walls that are coming at you like at like super fast speed. That's one game I didn't play. I played like um, well, Super Mario Duck Hunt. Um, it was like a tennis game that I tried playing that she owned. And mm-hmm. Just couldn't play except know like how the controls were or whatever and uh, Top Gun, she had, but like mm-hmm. I always, when any time I put the game in, it like just starts with like you're flying and then I just crash because I didn't know how to control it. And let's see, there was another game that I got into uh, which was um, called Legacy of the Wizard, which was another one of those games that had a reputation for being crazy hard. You really like hard games. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just could, liked being able to say that I did something that everybody else said was impossible. Uh, Legacy of the Wizard, I think people found it hard, not because of like the, it was physically challenging, it was just um, like a huge dungeon that you had to explore, like, I think it was like 256 screens of dungeon, and it's very like maze-like, and uh, there's all these like secret passages like where you gotta touch a like a block and find out if it's like real or not wow it's like indiana jones yeah so so i got really into that one and i actually um there was like a magazine uh for for nintendo called nintendo power that ran uh through the through the 90s and then into the early 2000s and i actually made like a strategy guide for Legacy of the Wizard uh, to make it look like an old Nintendo Power magazine. That's cool. Yeah. Strategy guides, I think I only used for Mm -hmm. Legend of Zelda or Green of Time. Because, like, there's just certain things in that game, like, I wasn't able, like, Water Temple, I could never do. But my friend Dave, like, did it, like, 
record time. Like, How'd you do? Like, you just raised the water levels. I was like, yeah. oh, I, okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, I was into video games from like, I'm pretty sure as like four years old or probably even earlier, and I just don't remember. But <clears throat> my favorite system is Nintendo 64. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we used to play, uh, my friends and I used to play a lot of um, Mario Kart 64 and GoldenEye. Those were our two, like, yeah. hang, around, hang around the our friend's living room and, and play those, like, on four-player. Yeah. Um, uh, GoldenEye was awesome, but... Uh, Conquers, Bad for Day. I love that game. Mm -hmm. I can just name all the games that I love. <laughs> um, I kind of am not a huge fan of the aesthetics of that era of gaming. The very kind of like blurry, like low res uh, 3D games. Like I actually prefer the ones that came before that that are like the pixel art type of games. Yeah. Just, um, just as like an aesthetic yeah like back then i thought the graphics were amazing and then now i'm just like oh <laughs> yeah they haven't they haven't aged quite as well as like the super nintendo yeah or or even nes games at least in my opinion yeah that's why like if i had an older system which i don't right now but if i had an older system like nes or something i, I want like an older tv just so i can play it on the older tv because like when i played um oh we have sega genesis actually but like i tried playing it on like my tv that i have now it's like a flat screen and it just doesn't feel the same because like there's black bars on the sides and just like mm -hmm. i put a link to the nintendo power i made <laughs> that's awesome and there's even a, a Howard and Nestor comic that I drew that's in there that I did to try to like emulate wow. the art style of the old Howard and Nestor comics. Bring it back to comics. Those graphics just remind me of like Kirby um, Dream Course. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Awesome. I wish Nintendo Power is still like a thing, even though like I'm not like super like I am obviously into Nintendo again. Like I wasn't for a while because like the Wii U, like I didn't even didn't get that, and like I had a Wii, but I played Twilight Princess on that, and I didn't even finish that game, and I wasn't like that into Nintendo at that time, and then like I fell off of like playing video games for a while, and then I started playing like Assassin's Creed again just recently and then like uh, I've, I forgot that I like video games. A lot of those older games sort of having you know old people getting interested in them again because now they're coming out with like those like the mini consoles that have yeah. them on there or you can um, they have the, the downloadable libraries through the switch. Yep. Or yeah. the collections. Yeah. They, I saw that they might release like a, because there's supposed to be like a Mario like 35 year something anniversary, and they might release uh, 
Super Mario 64 on the Switch, which that'd be awesome. Yeah, or I even heard they might even do like a 64 Nintendo 64 mini console. Yeah, which I would get that. <laughs> you could plug into your uh, HDTV. That's one of the big barriers is a lot of people don't have like the old uh, TVs. Yeah. That, uh, and it's harder to, to, to hook up those old consoles to be like the new TVs. Yeah. Um, that's like, that's what the only reason I would want an older TV, which my girlfriend's dad has like a million because he he's like a hoarder. So he has just like so much crap at his house and he has like a ton of TVs that are just like sitting in his garage. I'm like, oh, I could take one. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what are you planning to do after, like, when, or do you not want to talk about what you have planned after? What I have this? planned after the scientists? Yeah. Um, well, the scientists took me a really long time to do, so. I'm kind of reluctant to dive into something that's going to take me equally as long. So I'm trying to sort of, whatever comes next, I want something that I can have like a much faster turnaround time. So I've been looking into anthologies. Yeah. Submitting to anthologies, um, um, if there's any that I think I'd be a good match for. And even organizing an, an anthology of my own. So I have... I have an idea for, for an anthology that I think might be kind of cool um, that as soon as I'm done with the scientists, I'm going to try to try to put together and, and, and uh, see if anybody wants to submit to, to my anthology idea. So little short stories that are all uh, related around a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we're not releasing the Kickstarter, but we're like, we're collaborating with, um, one of our like partners that are on our platform and because he's more into like I'm into horror but like he has more of like a fan base towards horror because he already made like a horror comic um, and we're coming out with a horror anthology called Chronicles of Horror okay. and but I said I can't do that Kickstarter because my Kickstarter is literally just about the end while you start that one I'm not doing that. Um, I want to fulfill or, you know, at least get most of the stuff to the people. And you can, like, focus on that, but I'll, like, promote it and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it helps when you have when you have people that can take the, take the baton and uh, yeah. things. That's, and, uh, that's another thing I need, I need to get going is I need to start having people that I can uh, put some of the, some of the, share some of the burden with because Trying to do everything myself is hard. Trying to do yeah, do all the editing, all the writing, all the all the art, all the promotion, and everything. Being you know, basically a one man show. Yeah, yeah, that's gotta be like way harder. Like I think it's pretty hard, and I'm just the writer, and I have to find all of the like the artist and then like the letterer. But now I have like a team. I have a team for our Soul series, and I have a team for our graphic novel, which hoping that they're set in stone for like foreseeable future and uh then like now we're gonna do anthologies with our platform so i have like certain people for that now so okay. slowly moving there um i didn't really think anthologies was like a thing that i didn't even know that was a thing 
in general. And then I started seeing like the Avocator and like other ones pop up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and they can, they've, some of them do pretty well, actually, yeah. depending on, depending on if um, you, uh, it's a popular theme or if you got some popular artists working on it, it can do pretty good. Yeah. Um, the one I got is, I don't know how popular the theme is going to be, but it's something I think is cool. It's um, it's going to be sort of uh, true tales from uh, autobiogra autobiographical tales from uh, your childhood uh, about things that you did that were stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure to back that. Um... So it's, it's going to be called Stupid Kids. Um, I think that technically counts as a anthology. Maybe it's more just a graphic novel. Uh, there's a book that I don't know his full name. I think his name's like Nander. And uh, he came out with a book called Lifeline. And I have that above my shelf over there. And um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have Lifeline. That that. I don't think was an anthology. Yeah, it's more just like different artists or whatever. Yeah, I think you just had yeah. different artists do different chapters. I yeah. think it was like a one continuous story. Yeah. So it's a little different, but that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Um, I think the only anthology that I have here is The Advocator right now. Yeah. I have like, I don't have enough room to put all the comics that I've backed or whatever, like anywhere. So I have like two, three shelves that I can put like indie comics on and then I have like DC comics that are on a few that I got for Christmas last year. And that's, that's all I have <laughs> room for. Yeah, I'm starting to fill up my boxes just from, just from Kickstarter comics and everything. Yeah. Um, it's, getting, it's getting out of hand. I, I'm, I'm struggling just to keep up with um, reading everything. Yeah, like I, I have not read most of them. I read Dust County Chronicles, um, so I think I've caught up on that. Uh, and Broke Down, definitely. Oh, and Belial. But Broke Down is like my favorite series right now, and I'm not even that into like crime or anything. Like okay. I, I'm not really into like Law and Order shows or any of that kind of stuff, and I, or Sons of Anarchy, and I really like that comic okay cool yeah i still yeah. have to read it too but um yeah it's awesome i'm kind of i'm trying I'm, I'm trying to set like a goal for myself i want to read like at least two or three books a week so so yeah, i can I probably get, do that so i can get maybe through my uh, my backlog yeah. i i just keep adding on top because i just keep backing them and i'm like oh <laughs> so like Adding to the pile. You'll get to it eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And, and that's just the that's, that's just the physical ones. I still have a lot of digital ones. I gotta. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're lost in my email somewhere. I have a bunch of digital ones. So I, I have a dream that one day I'll get caught up, but. At the, at the rate that I keep buying them, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. It's the only thing I buy, right, really, is just that back Kickstarters and um, 
yeah, that's basically the only thing I really back. Yeah, well, I'm going out to the to the local comic shop and getting stuff, you know, two or three times a month too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't even know if the comic stores around here are open. It's like New York has almost everything shut down, so. Some of them might do curbside delivery or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the one in uh, my hometown. Uh, they do that. So I know that one is technically open, but I don't know about like the other, like the bigger one. Um, but I don't really go to comic book stores that much because like, they don't care as much about indie comics, and that's what I mm -hmm. care about. So. Um when I when I do go to a comic book store, uh, I'm probably getting more like an image book or something. I'm not generally going for the Marvel DC stuff. Yeah, so. even though like the only comic I bought from a comic book store was Spectacular Spider-Man, but like I didn't know what else to buy at the time. <laughs> I wasn't that into reading comics, so then like I just found my way into liking comics from mm -hmm. doing them. So. Um, yeah, so, uh, besides, you know, comics and video games, and I know that you like magic or, you know, something about magic. Is it Magic the Gathering or, like, actual magic, like magic? Magic, the performance art magic. Oh, okay. I've been, um, I've been, I've been into that pretty much since I graduated high school. I've, I've been doing, like, performing, like, professionally. Doing, show, doing shows and um, I've, I've done, you know, parties and um, trade shows and weddings and mitzvahs and stage shows. I've, I've done it all. Um, and uh, I don't, I, I, since I got really into the comic stuff the magic kind of took more of a back burner yeah to be honest just it's hard for me to be you know 100 percent on so many different things all at once like like when i get into something i go like very like in depth into it like i will like really devote myself to learning everything i can about it so for a time that thing was magic and i could tell you like the entire history of magic and I could tell you like every single like the name of every single card sleight of hand and who invented it and Jeez. <laughs> That's awesome. and I have you know like an entire an, an entire bookshelf like filled with like magic books um I've invented some magic tricks that were actually like sold in magic stores They were, they were like produced they were produced as like instructional dvds and stuff like that i was like into magic when i was a kid but i never like really did it i just like i was like yeah that's there did but, you like, like some books from the library did you have like a, a, a magic kit or something yeah it was just like a magic kit that like, i won somewhere but uh sure. i never like really got into it um i like it a lot like there was a kid that was in my class high school and every day in homeroom he used to just he used to just do magic and I was like yeah keep doing that 
Yeah, new trick every day. Yeah. He had this, like, and, like, I noticed the one thing that he did. Um, he did a lot of car tricks and stuff, but the one thing was, like, he made his, like, thumb light up, but it was just, like, this plastic thing was over his thumb. I was like, how, how is your thumb, like, lighting up? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> The, the idea the idea is um, to uh, hold it in such a way that it'll look like you're holding a light bulb. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome, though. Um, and I used to watch, like, Mind Freak all the time. And uh, David Blaine's show, when he had that, but I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Uh, he's got a, he had a special recently, I think, he, and you think he's doing a new special where he's going to float over New York holding like a bunch of balloons. <laughs> what? Like in the movie Up, but he's just going to be holding them. Hopefully, you know, he survives. <clears throat> wow. And, and uh, actually, I told you I, I invented a couple tricks. One of the tricks I invented, David Blaine actually called me about, and he asked if he could do it on his special. That's awesome. It was the it was for the um, the one where like he held his breath underwater in that special, and um, he didn't actually end up using it. Like, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Some of his like team, that like his consultant team or whatever was telling me, yeah, he, he's like, he, he's like that. He goes through a lot of tricks where he's like really into this thing. And then, and then he sees something else. And then that's, that's the thing he's into. So he's like, they're like, yeah, for a little while they were, he was really, really going to do yours. And then he changed his mind and went on with something else. Yeah. When like, yeah, I think he had street magic as like a show or something. And, uh, someone, there was like another show like short circuit or some or some other show and uh they like made fun like they did a parody of that yeah (laughs) it's like what are you drinking it's like orange soda and then he like tips that now what are you drinking cheez-its there's cheez-its i've I've seen some of those parodies where where the guy like keeps like looking in the camera and (laughs) Like with like a very like serious expression on his face. For for me, the the one um, that I that I watched uh, on TV growing up was David Copperfield. Yeah, I actually saw him like live, which that's the only magician I saw live. But it was awesome. Yeah, no, I I did see him um, when he came to DC. He did a he did a, a show at the Warner Theater. Um, I think that was back in 2006, something like that. Yeah, it was like early 2000s. He was at Proctor's in Schenectady, so that's where I'm from. And uh, I don't remember like really much of what he did, but I, I remember that I saw him. <laughs> I thought I, I remember thinking he did a very good show. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, like his uh tv specials like growing up that was like the thing that everybody watched and everybody would talk about and when he made like the statue of liberty disappear yeah or when he walked through the great wall of china 
water cooler talk. Yeah. So you're still like shipping out the scientist stuff or? I haven't gotten it printed yet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get it, uh, get it printed so that way I can start shipping it out. Yeah. Yeah, I am probably never doing another Kickstarter until the book is completely finished. Because um, I, not only I'm worrying about, and the artist, they're worrying about like getting this one comic finished, but then there's the first issue, which we're not always going to be doing that, but like I wanted a remaster of the first issue. So there's two, those, those two comics. Then there's like another comic by another artist that I'm having like get done. Well, if we hit the stretch goal, um, well, it's still going to get done, but like I want to release it to backers and uh, just having it done would just take some stress off of yeah it definitely takes a lot of stress off of you if that's one less thing you have to worry about yeah um, i don't that's... necessarily know if it's like you know mandatory no you it's like because like, yeah. every there's like some people are like oh well you have to have the book done and i'm like yeah like i'm more like just for that because i now know the struggle yeah okay. I, I definitely think like the faster you can get it from the time the kickstarter wraps into somebody's hands yeah like that generates like some goodwill and they're going to be more happy to back your next one just yeah. knowing that you know you're you're on the on the list of oh these these are the trustworthy guys yeah these are the the ones who flaked out because there's some people that make a campaign and then they never fulfill it um, for the most part, I've gotten most of my Kickstarters. I think there was one or two that like took like a really, really, really long time. Um, but um, and then there's some that took long, a lot longer than expected. But at least like they were still letting me know what was going on. So yeah. I'm like worried. I was just like, you know, would have been more happy to have it quickly, but it wasn't like something I was like, oh, I'm not going to get this, Emma. I don't know if there's a, I don't think I backed Dog Days, but that is a comic that, that would have been cool. I think I backed, I don't remember if I backed it, but um, that's taking like forever to get done. And uh, there's like others that I just can't name, but um, yeah, I see that happen all the time, but sounds like it's, it sounds like it is gonna happen at least from what i've yeah it, finally um heard that there's still in progress being made but, yeah. um, uh but having having the art fully done is definitely helpful for the scientists i had the art fully done uh for all of my campaigns i usually saved like the lettering yep that's for, what i did last time so 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 that's what for this time I had I did the lettering after the fact. I do all the like the digital like pre-press work, like getting everything like sized and fitted to for for print. Um 
after the fact any art and stuff that I had to do for additional like rewards like bonus stuff some of that I did after the fact for the scientists like I did a couple things like I I I I created uh, a new cover for for one of the issues after the campaign wrapped um so some of those things added to like my workload that I probably would have been better to have had that up, all up front yeah and some of it is just like just like the mental block the of just being like in a new stressful situation where like I know I gotta get this x y and z done and I just keep procrastinating on it and checking Facebook and yeah and just up oh, there there went another week where I didn't finish it yeah like I felt bad that I took so long to send hours out flat, like this last time but um because that was like our first successful kickstarter this one did like way better just insane how like much support we got but um like now like my business partner and I are thinking of different ways to maybe not do kickstarter and try to not do patreon we're not gonna do patreon but like try to fund the book because i use my paychecks to pay the artists and whatever else so the only thing that the kickstarters are for is to print and that's why it's hilarious like my brother read our comic ink and he's like oh when's the second one coming out i was like that's a lot of money to make a comic book he's like really and i was like yeah i can add up everything that it costs and he's like oh okay and i was like yeah it's like thousands of dollars to like you know depending on the artist and all that other stuff and he's like really i was like yeah printing is like a huge thing that just costs a lot sure yeah and uh he's like oh well but so many people wanted the second issue of that that I am trying to get that to people this year too, if like we get funded to a certain point, but let's see. Um, well, the, the nice thing about being the artist is that the Kickstarter funds, you know, we're just going towards like my fulfillment expenses. Yeah, that's, if I like new art, <laughs> that would be cool, <laughs> but I don't. So. But it also, takes up so much time that it definitely limits how much um, I can output. Yeah. So if I wanted to do more, I might have to um, in the future maybe find an artist uh, to do some of the stuff I want to do because I got ideas for maybe at least another two graphic novels worth of ideas but i don't think i have time to draw yeah two more graphic novels um i don't know i might try something i might try another graphic novel but at least yeah. in the short term i'm gonna stick to doing some short stories that's why like i don't mind my job really because all i do is like watch youtube or i can i can actually write because i use google docs yeah. so 
um, I have already a bunch of comics that are already written. It's just like they have to get edited. Sure. And, um, but you know, I always come up with new ideas while I'm walking around at work or whatever. So that's the one good thing about my job is I can do that. I can work on my business while I'm at work. It's not like they really know. And, um, but I do want to do this like full time. So like I'm trying to pay debt off this year and next year so I can and save money so I can try to do this as a full-time thing what a, a little bit of like ordering and stuff like I'm been wondering how much I should order because in the past I was always like yeah I'll just order some big amount and you know I'll have it to sell for the rest of my life like going to conventions or whatever yeah so, so like you know, if I have, a, if I have, you know, boxes stacked from floor to ceiling, you know, in my, in my back room or whatever, it's not so big a deal. But now I'm not so sure. Am I going to be going to conventions? And is that, is that really, maybe I don't want to be ordering a thousand copies of a book. Maybe I only want a couple hundred. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I only print around the amount of like, I have estimated for like 200 backers and we're at 136 mm -hmm. or whatever and there's like 11 days left and uh like if we don't get to 200 backers it's like it, it's fine but like i have it estimated to be printed for like 200 copies of like each comic so yeah um, yeah i mean if for me you know if 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 I knew for sure I was going to be doing conventions, you know, for the rest of my life, and having you know, basically an unlimited supply of books, be selling at those is not such a bad thing. Yeah. So that, you know, this this comic that I spent so long making, of course, I'm going to want to always have copies to sell, but who knows? Maybe 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 I'll have to change my my plan of. Uh, sales plan a little bit yeah um yeah like i sent our kickstarter link to this one person i know and she's like opening her own comic book in like game store or whatever like mm -hmm. local and uh she's like oh i actually want like all of your comics like in there like like my comics or like everybody that's on like my platform and she's like oh yeah like everything it's like sick <laughs> so now i gonna come up with like we're gonna come up with an idea of like try to get those printed like monthly mm -hmm. if we can so like we'll be able to like provide those and i can just like print them myself and then they'll be sent to me and then i'll literally drive there because they're not that far away and i'll just like get to put them on her shelves i've actually been thinking about doing some game stuff for on kickstarter too yeah, not video game. I have a, oh, like board game. Yeah, I have a board game that I, that I that I designed a few years ago that that I think might might do well, and uh, I have a card game idea that I would re really like to uh, get it into a playable format so I could potentially cool. do something with that too. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, I don't know, like, someone did say that our comic would have been cool as, like, a D&D &D type of thing. Role-playing? 
yeah i'm like sure <laughs> uh, i've never really played that like i've you know i know of it i just hmm. never, i think the only the closest thing i played to that was on somebody's podcast but <laughs> um they roll the dice and then like they decide whatever happens but uh well the board game category is actually bigger than the comic category yeah and they get a lot of money <laughs> But it costs a lot of money to make them, so I, I get that. Um, but there, I mean, there's a lot of people that go to Kickstarter to find board games. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's An Andrew, I can't think of his last name, but there's an Andrew guy that's on, uh, well, at least Facebook that I know, and he does board games, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I've done this board game. I was like, make a lot of money off. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a really big community. And I mean, it's not even really a community. It's like there's people that just, they like board games and that's yeah. like the best places to to find new interesting board games. Yeah, me and my friends, like we used to just play cards, card games and board games like all the time. Just like only like when we were like 20 something like this. Yeah. Like drinking and just hanging out and then like just playing, not Monopoly, but like not blackjack yeah like just kings or whatever and um other like sorry or whatever but we don't go we didn't go to clubs or anything we just played like sorry and any other kind of board game that i can't think of right now but yeah my friends and i played a lot of magic the gathering back when i've we never played that like i've had the cards just to like hold but i, I like i never understood the whole thing that's gonna be like a show or something on netflix which is insane it's elaborate and uh i got started with that pretty much when it was first becoming big and then i kind of stopped playing for a long time and uh the game's changed so much now that i barely recognize it <laughs> Yeah, like Pokemon, I collected cards, but I never like played the actual game for it. But yeah, it was cool. Um, and then I stopped after like the first 150 Pokemon or whatever, because I wasn't like that much older. I just like grown out of it somewhat. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes like it just doesn't hit you at the right time. Yeah. But the video games are still cool. Like I would still play any of those video games. And then, uh, okay. yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So uh, thanks for coming on. My um, pleasure. Uh, I have another person coming on like an hour or something. Okay. I, this, but uh, yeah. Thanks for doing this, and I didn't really know what we were going to talk about, but I, I, I knew things that we were going to talk about, and uh, yeah, so like I'll, I would have you on again at some point awesome. uh, with Dylan, with like, and he's actually on because he goes off on tangents about like anything, so like we, we would have talked for hours if he was on. So, so. Thanks, and I'm gonna stop. Thanks for having me on, and uh, have a have a have a good rest of the day. You too.